Most of the time, we review books that we really like here on The Book Boys. Other times, we review books that stink. And when a book really stinks, we get fussy. So this is a warning that sometimes we'll swear on this podcast, or sometimes the material that we're reviewing will be adult in nature. So keep that in mind as you listen to this week's episode. Ben! Hi. How you been, buddy? It's been a couple weeks. It has been a couple weeks. You know, I'm fine. How are you? Eh, eh. Average. (laughs) Yeah, it's, I don't know, the holidays. Well, the holidays, and then when you balance out that I have nothing, nothing going on in my life at all. Yeah. Along with an attack on our nation's capital. That's exciting. We're witnessing history. Is that? I mean, yeah, isn't that exciting? Yeah, I suppose. I just wish it wasn't so embarrassing. Uh, if you're going to have yeah. a, a coup or some kind of overthrow, or they like to think of it as a revolution, you'd like to think it's more awesome or something, more dramatic, more, I don't know. But it was just a bunch of dumpy white people taking selfies. Yeah, and like beating cops with yeah cop, with Blue Lives Matter flags. Like, yes. <laughs> Everything about it was wrong and backwards and embarrassing and horrible. Yeah. It's a bunch of angry, misinformed people. Yeah. It's just so frustrating on so many levels. That's another part that makes it so deeply embarrassing as far as like revolutions go. They're all deeply misinformed. Yeah. <laughs> Where were you? Ben, when you first learned about the attack on our nation's capital. Well, I was in the office, as I am every weekday. Ah. Still, even though there's a new, more contagious strain mm-hmm. of the coronavirus going around. Yeah, anyway, it's important to get butts and seats, though, 8 to 5, Monday through Friday, to do marketing work. Yeah, so that's where I was. Where were you when you found out about the revolution? <laughs> the revolution. Um, I was... Oh, I actually was trying to listen to... I'm a dork, so I was trying to listen to the Senate and the little speeches that they're going to have, because I wanted to see how many Republicans were actually going to, like, protest the validity of the electoral votes. Uh, So I I tried to listen, and nobody was broadcasting it, unless you're going to watch it live on YouTube or something. But I had to go out and go do some shopping and crap. So I was like, dang it, I want to listen to this. So I finally got C-SPAN, the app. Which I can't speak highly enough about. Really? Uh, okay. Yeah, C-SPAN is what NPR used to be back in the 90s, where it was just boring information being fed to you. Uh, and they have different stations, too. So they'll even have, like, book talk segments and stuff, which I think is okay. highly competitive against what we're doing. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> do, but then do, listen- do we got to take them down? Is that what you're saying? I'm thinking we do. I think we have to focus on C-SPAN and just remove that as a competition layer. Well, maybe we need a dedicated app, a Book Boys app. We're, we're going to pull our content <laughs> off of Spotify and Apple Music, and you can only listen to it yeah. on the official Book Boys app. I remember the good old days of podcasting, like back in 2006 or so, and all the more popular podcasts started doing that. Like you had, you had to go get their app, and then you could listen to it. It was just so dumb. Uh, but anyway, so I was, I finally get C-SPAN, so then I go to Target and I'm doing whatever, and I'm one of the dorks that's wearing my little headphones under my hat as I'm walking around shopping and stuff. And I'm listening, and I was getting a little outraged at some of the, uh, just the mind-numbingly 
stupid statements that the <laughs> yes. Republicans are literally ignoring all facts and basic math and still shouting that the votes were illegal in like certain states or whatever. And I'm just like, this is so how, how can like, if I was a Senator, I don't know how they do it. Like, how can you sit there and let them have their time to speak without just being like, you're an idiot. <laughs> I would just I be know. shouting at them. Like, just please shut up. But anyways, um, but then C-SPAN cut out on me for whatever internet connectivity reasons. So whatever, I get back in my car and I turn it on and uh, it plays for a few seconds as I'm driving. Uh, and then all of a sudden, it, right before it cuts out again, I hear shouting happening on the Senate floor and like a ton of like scuffle sounds and stuff. And I'm like, whoa, what the hell just happened? And then it cut out again. I'm like, damn it. So I was trying to get it to come back in and it wouldn't come back in. So I'm like, I flip over to NPR, like NPR has got to be reporting on whatever's happening. And they were interviewing someone about wellness therapies and yoga <laughs> for like a solid hour during this Strange. entire thing. Totally. And I was just like, NPR blows now. And I couldn't find anything. Um, and by the time I got back home, nobody was reporting on it for like a good half hour. And then suddenly I found out that like people had busted into the, the Capitol and, and all that stuff. So, And meanwhile, the president is, before he got banned from Twitter, was releasing videos on Twitter saying things like, you're beautiful. We love you. I know. Ugh. Yeah. So is that? It's draining. On, on a lighter note, I got myself a bonsai tree yesterday, so I'm excited about that. Oh, well, there you go, Ben. A bonsai tree. Does it make you smile when you look at it? Um, well, now i got to figure out exactly. i got a couple of books to, I don't know. A couple of months ago, I decided I, I thought I would maybe like a bonsai. So I've been reading up on it a little bit, so I picked up a tree now, and now i got to. I have to get a different pot to put it in and that sort of thing. But I think it seems like it'll be a good, um, an almost like meditative task to prune it, carefully prune it and, and train it yeah. to grow as I, as I'd like it to. And yeah, I'm looking forward to it. No, yeah, look at you. Yeah. I've always heard about that, but I never really understood how it works or what you're doing or, but yeah, apparently you can like train it to grow. So there's a few different styles that people grow trees in and, you just the way that you trim the leaves and you can kind of shape the branches with like wire or whatever and, and kind of manipulate manipulate the tree and, and make it look how you'd like it to and huh yeah so so you find it a meditative and relaxing uh, exercise to exert your authority and your aesthetic wants over an object of nature I'm gonna show this tree his boss. <laughs> You're going to shape it to look like a penis, aren't you? I know exactly what you're going to do. Yes, that's one of the five classic Japanese styles. <laughs> the phallus, yeah. along with a few others. Yeah. <laughs> well, anything else going on in your life? I really have nothing to share. Uh, my, I have like a month left before I'm out of a job, and there's no work out there whatsoever. And I'm sort of rejecting work. Like, people want to assign stuff to me, and I'm like, what's the point? It won't get done in time, and I'm just going to be handing it off back to you again. <laughs> And they're all sort of like, oh. And it's kind of, there's a little bit of a vibe of whenever I have to call out the obvious, which is my time is limited, uh, everyone kind of gets quiet as if I've ruined the mood. Like as if <laughs> you're at a party and all of a sudden you shout like, I've got cancer or something. Like it's just, everyone gets kind of like, I don't know. It seems a little disapproving on their part. But it's like your, your coworkers are like that? Yeah. Like, yeah, my, my coworkers are kind of, they just kind of get quiet and don't yeah. really, they're just uncomfortable, I guess. It's weird. Uh, yeah. But it's a reality that they have to face, and I'm certainly going to have to face it, so it's like it has to be talked about at some point. Yeah, work sucks. 
Yeah, work sucks. I am looking forward. I mean, if I'm not going to be able to find a job in time, I am looking forward to just not having any work responsibilities for hopefully only a month, you know, however long it takes to get another job. But yeah. And also, I think the where where the unemployment benefits stand now, the extra federal benefits, are they back up to what they talking about increasing back to four hundred dollars a week now? Oh, I have no idea. Uh, there's someone with the relief bill. I don't know exactly where it is right now. Not, it's not the $600 a week that it was um, earlier, but I think it's 400 now or something. So you got that no, to look forward to. 400 extra? 400, yeah, the, the federal oh, is the extra $400 on top of whatever your state benefit would be. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, whatever. We'll see. I'm trying not to worry about trying to get all Taoist. I don't have a bonsai tree, but I can f- shape my own phallus any way I want. And I try to stay Dallas about the whole thing. Okay. That sounds healthy. <laughs> so nothing new for you. Beyond I just told you, I got a fucking bonsai tree. What else do you I want? I know, but don't you got anything else? Uh, dating, Ben? You've been dating? I got some snowshoes. I, I went snowshoeing once. Oh. And then I was going to go again this weekend, but the big snowstorm we were supposed to get just ended up being two days of rain. So I didn't do that. It wasn't really rain. It was a thick... Well, it wasn't exactly uh, the eight inches of snow that I was promised. No, but do you have to shovel? I did, and it was backbreaking. It was you're just lifting contained water, <laughs> pounds and pounds of it, and trying to shovel it out of the way. It was horrible. I thought you had kids. Why are you doing the shoveling? That's what the kids are for. Have you seen my kids? They're not the healthiest. No, you won't let me meet them. I think you're. Uh, yeah, because uh, I, I don't want you to you. see how deformed and unhealthy looking they are. <laughs> <laughs> They'll break a wrist or something if I tried to make them lift something heavy. Okay. Well. Yeah. Well, all right, fine. Snowshoeing. You know, you could just be like a Glenn Snowwalker and uh, just get out there. Just walk around. I've been doing it, and I've been loving it lately. Especially during the snowstorm, I was out there walking and loving every dang second of it. Yeah, no, I know. I've been trying to get out a little bit. Not as much as I should be, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I should do more of that. Yeah, uh, making a big event out of it, like snowshoeing, if that's your only way of getting out there, you're never going to do it. It's going to taper off. Just get some warm clothes. I got one of those weird neck tubes, like a muff of whatever you want to call yeah, it. a snood. Oh, is, it, is it a snood? Is that what it's called? I, I think a snood is one word for it. <laughs> that's the lamest name. No wonder my kids make fun of me. Because my daughter was going to go out walking. She's like, I think I want to go outside and walk for a while. And I said, oh, Okay. I said, do you need to borrow any of my warm clothes? And she's like, yeah. And I said, here, do you want to borrow this thing? And she goes, oh, no, no. And they're like, why? What's wrong with it? She goes, do you have a scarf? I'm like, I do have a scarf, but this thing does the same thing as a scarf. You just don't have to do all the weird folding and wrapping. And she's like, no, I'll just take the scarf. I'm like, what, what's wrong with this thing? She's like, only old people, like completely out of touch, non-cool people, wear that thing around their neck. And I was like, oh. So that's what? it. I'm done. I'm out. Did, I'm did a... you not know that already? I would, I'm sorry if you were under the illusion that you were still young and cool. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think it was cool. It serves a purpose only for when I'm walking and I'm going to be outside for a long time. And sometimes you got to cover your face because it starts to hurt and then yeah. you can take it off. Uh, just like a scarf, basically. Um, but I never wear it otherwise, like in public. I just didn't realize it was so deeply embarrassing that she wouldn't even wear it for the purpose of just walking where no one's going to go see her or anything. Well, that's too bad. Yeah, it's too bad. So, boy, my uh, life is really going yeah. south during COVID. And to answer your earlier question, no, no dating. Why not? Have you been trying or are you taking a huge break? Uh, I was a uh, break for a while and now there's just nothing. 
No, all right. There's just nothing <laughs> happening. I don't know. I'm trying, but it's not working. Okay. Where are you? T- where do you? Where are you putting all that energy? All that energy you spend on trying to make someone love you. Uh, are you putting it into your work? Probably not. No, I'm putting it into the, the apps, and then there's just no takers. I don't know. Oh, oh, so it's not. It's you're trying. Yeah, it's, I wasn't trying for a while. Lately, I have been, and there's just nothing happening. Mm. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Just large swaths of rejection across multiple apps. That's sad. It's not even rejection. It's just uh, it's rejection. Being I mean, if ignored. no one's scooping you up, then it's. Do you have any anything from Gretchen for the backyard blast bird blurb or whatever venue she's decided to open up now? Uh yes. <laughs> Are you ready? Cue up the music. The music's been cued. By the time we're talking about this, the music's going. Yeah, I, I get it. I, I don't know. No, it's fine. Jesus, just move on. I'm just trying to open my fucking phone. Jesus. I just want to hear about Gretchen's bird blurb, okay? I've been needing this. It's fine. been like Gretchen's three weeks. Gretchen's backyard blast bird blurb. We'll learn a little about the turkey vulture. Finally. What What the <laughs> fuck, Mom? You said you were going to do something about snowy owls. What's this turkey vulture shit? What? This how, isn't the having, Thanksgiving wait, on, episode, on. Mom. You're having side conversations with your mom about the bird blurb content that I'm not a part of? I talked to her. I talked to my mom regularly. I talked to her yesterday. I told her we were going to need some content, and she asked if she'd done anything about snow owls yet. And I was like, I don't think so. She's like, Oh, I'll give you some snow owl stuff. And then I opened my text here, and it's about fucking turkey vultures. <laughs> I, if you guys are going to have meetings about the content of our show, I really think I need to be a part of these meetings. I fine. Then can I not be a part of the meeting? I let you take over this relationship. <laughs> Oh, I'd love to have a mom again. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yep. Always got a shit on the moment. Hey, oh. did you know I'm losing my job? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's hear about turkey vultures. Well, the vulture's naked head is an adaptation to reduce the risk of picking up diseases from carcasses. It is one of the few birds with a developed sense of smell. They are mostly mute, making only grunts and groans. Gross. <laughs> It is more closely related to storks, not birds of prey. <laughs> that's the that's the bird blur this week. <laughs> yeah, about this grunting, groaning bird with a <laughs> fucking bald head. What the hell does that sound? I've never thought of like what a turkey vulture. I don't yeah. even really think I know what a turkey vulture is, but I definitely don't know what sounds they make. It's just a lot of it. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, as it's <laughs> as it's eating something that it didn't kill, but it's it, it eats carcasses, but not carcasses that it killed. Right. Okay, so it's just and a, it is, yeah. It's just a jerk. As far as birds go, it's just a jerk. Yeah, it says, oh, God, oh, this roadkill is <laughs> delicious. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anything else? Does she got a, a little oh, joke? I got, yeah, so apparently this, she went with the turkey vulture bird blurter because she found a vulture joke, so that must oh, be. Bird-related joke. Wow, okay, hit me. What did the vulture say when his wife wanted to fix him something to eat before heading out? I'll just pick up something on the road. (laughs) Can you say it through a series of grunts and... (laughs) I'll just pick up something on the road. You sound like my dad. That was amazing. (laughs) 
Uh, why, why did the vulture cross the road? Because the chicken didn't make it. Oh, very much on the free, effortless food joke train there. Yeah. Very, very focused line of jokes. Okay, yeah, well, all right. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, that's. I feel like we're selling vultures a little bit short there. Surely there's more to them than they just eat roadkill, but I don't know, it yeah. seems kind of like we're stereotyping the vultures here. So You're pretty hard lazy. I consider your mom to be the final word in anything bird-related, but you uh, suddenly start doubting like she's bird racist or something. I don't know where you're going with this. I think so. Yeah, just lazy vulture stereotypes. I don't know. They're unproductive. It doesn't get us anywhere. (laughs) Knock, knock. Oh, God. How many jokes? Fine. Knock, knock. Yeah, who's there? Cash. Cash who? No, thanks. I'll have some peanuts. What? Knock, knock. Oh, cashew. Okay. Oh, got it. It, That actually took me a minute. Wow. What's wrong with me? Again, I haven't talked to humans in (laughs) weeks. All right. Who's there? Oh, no. That was just the same joke. I was just going to start over. Oh, you're just going to rub it in my face? (laughs) Well, you didn't seem to be getting it, so I was just going to start over. But you got there, so we don't have to. If it took me four tries to get it, I think I wouldn't edit that out, and I'd leave all that in there. (laughs) Just so that everyone else has to deal with the tediousness of me trying to figure out the cashew joke. All right. That, that's it. She, that's her contribution. Thanks, Mom, as always. Yeah, thanks, Gretchen. That was nice work. Yes. Well, now for our next segment. Yeah. Books, slapping books for teens or something? What's it called? <laughs> yeah. Well, I have What's Up? New books for teens. But what, what was it originally? It was that's what's up. New yeah. books for teens that slap. I should just I change even the know, title. Like, what th- that slap? Like, is that an expression that anybody other than you uses? I've never like heard that. Like, oh man, that book really slaps. Uh, sorry, is I'm that... changing the title because I tried to change the title to just "What's Up, New Books for Teens," but you keep reminding me that my original joke title has the word "slap" in it, so now I'm yeah. just changing it. It's just going to be the official title. Good. Okay. Um, I mean, I like it. It's just weird. I, I've never heard that expression before. So, you never heard that it slaps? No. Oh, it's a term that teens were using maybe two years ago. Like, if a song's really good, that song really slaps, uh, and it's already dead. Nobody uses it. Okay. Well, then we should definitely use it. I totally. That's the yeah. whole point. It's us being out of touch and reading about new books for teens. Did, did you, when your daughter didn't want to use her snood, didn't you tell her, but this thing slaps. Why didn't you want to wear it? <laughs> I have you slap uh, on them. Um, and they just don't. Like when I play my music in the car, and they're like, Ugh, and I'm like, what? This slaps. And then they just don't <laughs> laugh. Like it's so embarrassing and not funny that they don't even have, they don't laugh. They don't, they don't humor me at all. <laughs> <laughs> Nor should they. I mean, that's. You wouldn't have at that age either, right? I don't know. You'd give a courtesy laugh. Like, oh, you know, dad's trying to be funny. I get it. But no. Uh, This week's book, This Is Not The Jeff Show by Anna Carey. At once, thought-provoking and hilarious, This Is Not The Jeff Show is a timely, incisive book so masterfully plotted, you won't want to put it down, says... Taria Mafi, the New York Times bestselling author of Shatter Me series and a very large expansive sea. I love how they're advertising a different author giving this quote about this book for this author. Yeah, it's called Synergy. Oh, wow. 
You're in the wrong line of business. Or something. I don't know. The year is 1998. Titanic just won six Oscars. Boy bands are dominating MTV's airwaves. And like any other teenager, Jess Flynn is just trying to survive high school. Between a crush on her childhood best friend, overprotective parents, and her sister's worsening health. Jesus. The only constant is her hometown of Swickley which feels smaller by the day. Jess is resigned to her small town. What about this sister with worsening health? Jess is resigned to her <laughs> small town life until the day she discovers a mysterious device with an Apple logo, causing her to question everything and everyone she's ever known. As more cracks appear in Jess's world, she faces a choice. Can she live the rest of her life knowing it's a lie, or should she risk everything for the truth? A fast-paced, mind-bending YA thriller packed with 90s pop culture references and perfect for fans of Black Mirror. This is uh, not the Jess show. We'll keep readers guessing until the very end. So that book comes out uh, February 2nd, 2021 for 18 bucks. Uh, um, that sounds incredible. And I think you and I should add that to our list of things to read, maybe. I'm not. Yeah, I, now that you're saying that, I think you're. I didn't think about that till you just said it. You're absolutely right because I kind of want to know what the hell's wrong with this f- sister's worsening health that's only mentioned that way, just kind of offhandedly, and also finds a mysterious device with an Apple logo, which causes her world to fall apart. Is it an iPhone? I don't get it. Yeah, I know. Like, I kind of, I kind of think we should add this to our list. Did I just recommend to us? <laughs> the book we're gonna read next <laughs> i think so i mean well, i mean that's what we do here at our core we we do ya right so yeah i just normally i'm just it's like a joke recommendation that i think we're actually gonna read <laughs> and it oh it's only 300 pages long it's not like fucking twilight where it's 700 pages long so you've already looked it up it's always weird when you do that i'll talk about something and you're just supposed to be typing away in the background looking up everything i ever say i have an app it's just my phone is here i have an app i just looked at it. it's not that hard I can multitask. <laughs> Fine. Let's move on to the book. Yeah. Well, Ben. Yeah. The short. Second Life of Brie Tanner. I'm just going to introduce it briefly here by Stephanie Meyer. Wait, wait, wait. Back up. What? It's The Short Second Life of Brie Tanner, an Eclipse novella. For, I feel like it's been a year that you've been talking about that and always making sure that we call out it's an Eclipse novella. <laughs> I want to get how, the full title in there. How long have you been doing that bit? It's got to be a year by now. Uh, yeah, at least, right? Or, yeah, about a year probably. I don't know. When did, when did we read Eclipse? I don't even know. Definitely a, a year ago. ago. Yeah, so yeah. anyway. Well, it's by Stephanie Meyer. Uh, it was written, it was published in uh, June 5th of 2010. It tells the story of a newborn vampire, Brie Tanner, who is featured in the third book of the series Eclipse, which is from 2007. Yeah, I don't know. Featured is quite the right word. I mean, she briefly appeared in it, and then Stephanie Meyer decided to make a yeah. 200-page novel out of that. Or, well, I'm sorry, I, novella, not novel. <laughs> this bit. I can't wait for this book to be done and then the bit can be done. Uh, So, some little facts about this book. Uh, She began writing the story while she was editing Eclipse. Later, she planned on including it in the upcoming The Twilight Saga, The Official Guide book. 
Uh, the resulting story became too long to be included in the guide, so it became a standalone book. Uh, Meyer let director David Slade, screenwriter Melissa Rosenberg, and a few of the actors, ooh, which ones, read a draft of the story <laughs> during production of the 2010 film uh, The Twilight Saga Eclipse. You know, if, Fred, I, if I was one of the actors on that movie and Stephanie Meyer handed me this piece of shit, I'm going to be like, no, this isn't in my contract. You can't make me read this. Totally. I, I'll, I'll do the script. I'll, I'll do this fucking movie, but I'm not reading just this other crap that you're pumping out. Absolutely. I think, like, I, I'm speaking for the actors. I don't know if they've ever said that, but I imagine they all hated the movie and it was cheesy story and they were, you know, they must have resented it and it was just as a moneymaker and whatever. And then to have the, the author be like, hey, I bet you're dying <laughs> to read this. <laughs> I bet you love being in my movie and they're all just like yeah so, <laughs> uh, for every book sold one dollar would be donated to the American Red Cross to support relief efforts in Haiti and Chile which is nice because okay. there was like the big earthquakes yeah um, was available for free viewing on from June 7th to July 5th on the book's official website so you can actually read the entire book on the website for free during those uh, during those dates which again is pretty cool like everything about her seems okay it's just the stories are always, like, the books are always horrible. Yeah. Uh, the reception, I only pulled out one, and I think it speaks for itself. The reception for Brie Tanner has been mostly positive. Fox News described the book <laughs> as a riveting story <laughs> and commented, in another irresistible combination of danger, mystery, and romance, Stephanie Meyer tells a devastating story of Brie and the newborn army is prepared to close in on Bella Swan and the Cullens following their encounter to its unforgettable conclusion. I'm going to so, assume it was Tucker Carlson doing the Fox News review. I will bet you a ton of bucks because he's probably slid money under the table to talk night. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, and that is pretty much it. Do you have any uh, fun facts about Stephanie Meyer or this book? No. Sorry, I didn't do much notes-wise on this book. I just, I picked it up earlier today because I'd been putting it off, and I just, I read it, and I didn't have time for anything else. I know, I could tell, because we were supposed to start this show, and I'm like, well, 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 look who's not on uh, on time. You're like, give me two minutes. I'm like, he's literally trying to finish the book right now. <laughs> well, Ben, do you want to give your patented... Uh, special Ben overview of the book. Yeah, I'm going to try, but is it, nothing fucking happened. I don't know what there is to summarize. <laughs> it's like 178 pages of fucking nothing. So it, it follows mm-hmm. Brie Tanner, yep. who, again, she appeared briefly in Eclipse, and then she got killed. So yeah. I, so now there's a book about her, a, a novella. Um, a book she, that she wrote while editing a different book. Like yeah. She wrote this while she was taking a dump and just bored uh, and doing pretty, other things. <laughs> pretty much. So, yeah. So, it, it's about Brie Tanner, who's uh, a newborn vampire. She's uh, She was a human teenager, and she's been a vampire for a few months. She's part of this, like, newborn vampire army that I don't even remember what her... Victoria, was that her name? The evil vampire that didn't like Bella? <clears throat> uh, yep. Anyway, so she's assembling this army of vampires. There's, like, 20 of them. They're all very pretty... They're all very yeah. stupid and immature. They go Hell around yeah. Seattle killing people. They, like, sink a ferry with a bunch of people on it. They, <laughs> they do some, like, training for this big fight that's coming up. There's some practicing. Um, Brie Tanner falls in love with this vampire named Diego. And um, then uh, everyone dies. <laughs> you summed it up perfectly. Uh <clears throat> Yeah. Uh, well, let's go down the line. Uh, did you pick out anything for what sucked? I have a few things. 
about this story that sucked. Well, before the story even started, did you read the introduction? Just the introduction sucked. Oh, I didn't read the introduction. No. Yeah. So this is like Stephanie Meyer trying to give some rationale for why she like made this <laughs> piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and um, no, oh, I forgot to mention Fred, freaky Fred. We have to talk about Fred a little bit. <laughs> I know we will. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, she so there's like this three page introduction. Where she's talking about her editing process for Eclipse, which, you know, could have fooled us that there was any editing going on with that. <laughs> well, oh, well, this might be interesting because, like, how can you write a whole different book while you're supposed to be focusing on editing? Also, she's admitting that she's editing her book for, like, you know, it's too wordy or yeah. some parts are too long. She's the one doing it. They, they have professional editors, usually. I started thinking about Brie while I was editing Eclipse. Uh. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> um, my editor, well, Rebecca Davis, she, she even names her editor. Rebecca Davis, you suck at editing. I'm going to tell you that right now. Oh, is Rebecca Davis like her literary teacher in her Mormon college? I, I don't be. know. It must be because she does. She's bad at editing. Or Again, although I, I've never seen like the first draft of whatever Stephanie Meyer wrote. So maybe Rebecca <laughs> Davis is a miracle worker. <laughs> I, who knows? Yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, this is... Uh, Writing Brie was the first time I'd stepped into the shoes of a narrator who was a, quote, real vampire, a hunter, a monster. <laughs> I got to look through her red eyes at us humans. Suddenly we were pathetic and weak, easy prey of no importance whatsoever except as a tasty snack. <laughs> I think I'm kind of liking your Stephanie Meyer voice. <laughs> I got to submerge myself in a totally different breed of vampires, newborns. The newborn <laughs> life was something I hadn't ever gotten to explore, even when Bella finally became a vampire. Bella was never a newborn like Bree was a newborn. It was exciting and dark and ultimately tragic. The closer <laughs> I got to the inevitable end, the more I wished I'd concluded the clips just slightly differently. <laughs> uh... I hope you end up caring about Bree as much as I do, though that's kind of a cruel wish. You know this, it doesn't end well for her. But at least you will know the whole story, and that no perspective is ever really trivial. Are you done now, or are you taking another big pause before you dive in again? No, that was the end of it. Enjoy, Stephanie. So yeah, so that's how the introduction to this tasty snack of a novella. Yeah, well, I mean... There were so many problems with it, but I do <laughs> want to start off. Okay, so I'm going to jump ahead to what's good, only because I think I have a controversial opinion Ooh. that might make you uh, make you right. real, real angry. All right. If none of the other Twilight books have ever been written and no one has ever read them and you don't know anything about the Cullens or Bella or anybody, okay? Just pretend that's the world we live in. God, I wish I could say that. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that was the world I lived in. So knowing all that, uh, and then also how short this book is compared to her others, because her others are fluffed up with chapter after chapter after chapter of just how good Edward looks or how much Edward will do anything for Bella. All this fluff that you can just trim out and get rid of and make it a shorter book. This book is shorter and it's more, everything's chopped up more and it's Compared to her previous work, it's more concise. So if none of the other books ever existed, 
this wouldn't be the worst. It wouldn't be as bad as the other Twilight books. Like, if you read this and you don't know anything about the Cullens, it would be a little bit more fast-paced. It still would suck. It wouldn't be a good book. We'd both be like, eh, it wasn't that great. But it'd be a little bit more fast-paced. You'd have the mystery of who these Cullens are and whatever. And just in the brief moment that the Cullens are taking pity on her and trying to see if they can keep her alive and let her go free or whatever, or take care of her, um, just in that brief moment, it it makes it, it tells more of a story about the Cullens without having to spoon-feed it to you about what kind of people they are. Like, she actually did a better job writing and, sh- and showing motivation and backstory and whatever for these characters because she'd already fleshed it all out, and she just assumes you know all of it, wound up making it a, a better written story as far as the character development goes. And I was, I was kind of surprised at that. It still was a bad book, and I did not like it, but I thought if she didn't write any of that other shit and just wrote this, people would say, oh, it's a good first effort. Like, you know, you're, you're trying. Good for you. Yeah. And now your next one will hopefully be better. So that's the thing. If her editors could get her to cut everything down, like cut out 70% of what she writes and make things more. The whole thing about. Yeah. Um, come on, Rebecca Davis. I know. Rebecca Davis blows. Uh, if she if she. So like the scene, there's a scene where uh, her uh, Brie Tanner and Diego are trying to hide from the rising sun. So they go into this cave and they're hiding in there. And then Diego's like, Be- you know, because they, they think the sun will kill them. They, they yeah, don't know that sorry. they just litter in the sun. So they have Riley. Who's like the lead vampire. That's sort of training them and taking them out hunting and everything. Riley won't tell them a whole lot and makes and insinuates that all the vampire lore is mostly true. Like you'll, you'll melt in the sun and that kind of thing. So Brie and Diego are trapped in this cave and Diego's like, you know, I, you know, feel like I, whatever, I'm just gonna take a chance and, try putting the sun on my arm and see what happens. And he does and everything's fine and he's sparkly. And then there's the disco ball thing. All of that was so short and to the point that it worked far better than the original twilight where Edward like takes off his shirt and sparkles in the sun (laughs) and everything. And I was like, Oh, it got to the point. It explained it. It's still stupid, but it's, you didn't have to read 40 pages to get to that point. Like it was just within a handful of pages. So that's my, my controversial take is that uh, there's more mystery around the vampire lore, like who are the Volturi and all that kind of stuff. You don't have to have it explained to you. You don't have to have all the dialogue. They just sort of show up. They're kind of ancillary because like one of the one of the Volturi winds up talking to Victoria and then she learns about this sort of whatever back thing happening behind the scenes. Uh, brief exposition, like Sparkling in the Sun, and the Cullens are far more interesting because you don't have to learn everything about them. Okay. What do you think, Ben? What do you think about that hot take? I, I think that's a, actually a pretty compelling argument. I, thank you. I, I, I can't really take issue with that. So. Well, thank you. But there's uh, a lot that sucked. Well, yeah. Uh, it's just, <laughs> that's just how bad and how long and tedious the other Eclipse books were, like, just in comparison, like, yeah. this. Yeah, oh, and no, don't, I, I, d- I, I don't get, get me wrong. If none of the other books existed and I read this, um, I would still be like, this was so stupid. And I'd be pointing out all the bad writing, all the bad, you know, dialogue, everything. I'd be pointing out all the bad stuff. But going through the slog we've gone through with all the <laughs> Twilight, yeah. I was like, this is, I mean, because I was reading again. I was trying to learn about Stephanie Meyer just to see if there's any fun facts to bring up. And there's nothing. No. Uh, 
No, we, she, we've, we've mined that. Yeah, we've mined so, that yeah. thoroughly. I mean, you have even gone to websites that were translated from China or <laughs> Chinese or Mandarin or whatever to explain like how great she is. But like, but I, I saw that she was inspired by Shakespeare and everything <laughs> to be a writer. And I'm like, yeah, you can really see that influence. Yeah. But because of yeah. all the other Twilights, this one makes me think, this is the shape. This is the, this is the Hamlet of her Twilight series. <laughs> but do you get anything for what you thought sucked? I, I don't know. It was... Um, just... Stephanie Myers is just sheltered life and how she tries to write about like Pimps. gritty stuff like there's the thing with the pimp and the two employees <laughs> just weird and then there was, was a hilarious. part two where I think it was Diego said something about skills and she wrote it with three Z's at the end it's like <laughs> like he's cool I, I don't know it was just just stuff like that it's like Stephanie yeah. Myers never left For Salt listeners. Lake City or whatever I don't know yeah for the listeners, the pimps thing cracked me up because they're talking about how they they were going out. Uh, uh, Riley took them out to go feed on just humans, but the rule was to try to find humans that nobody's going to notice or care about. So being the sheltered kind of person that the author is, she just thinks bums and pimps and whores. So yeah. <laughs> up, like, there's a whole scene where it's like, I saw this guy beating two of his employees. He must be a pimp. <laughs> like, so I, I ate him and whatever. Yeah. It was just so weird. What was with the ferry? They, so they attacked an entire ferry boat and killed everyone? I mean, yeah. I, I read that, but it's a while ago that I read it. What was yeah. happening with that? So, so I don't know. You just explained it. They were, they were getting ready for this. Fight. So the big showdown was going to be coming up in four days' time or whatever. So Riley led him out into the Puget Sound, I guess, to take down a passenger ferry and eat everyone on board and then sink the ferry. I thought for some reason I thought it was earlier in the book. I'm like, that kind of breaks the rule, but okay. But they're getting ready for battle. I mean, if you're going to get ready for battle, you got to go big. Yeah, Take you can't go into battle hungry. Or, or no, maybe yeah, you should go into battle hungry. That would make you more motivated. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> well, that's the other thing. If they ate, so the thing is, is when Bree Tanner finally, like, the everyone dies. Uh, Victoria, Riley, everyone's, you know, dead or whatever because they lose. The Cullens win. But Bree is still alive, and they realize that, you know, she's young and she's innocent and we can maybe keep her alive until the Volturi show up and basically have to kill her uh, or demand that she gets killed. Um, she's like, she sees Bella and can smell that she's human, and she's going crazy because you, as a vampire, you have this thirst that burns your throat and you're, you're yes. dying to satiate it. And Bella also has the sweetest blood that anyone's ever smelled. That's well, of course, because she's the best. Everything she does is perfect, and she's the best. But if you ate a boatload of people, why are you still so hungry that you're going? Because she couldn't control herself, and she was about to attack Bella, and that almost got her killed too. Because well, because I was like, because like, I was like four days previous, so they're newborns; they need to feed a lot. So. Oh, okay. I guess I don't know the timeline of when the boat went down. So yeah, it was problem. it was a few days before the big battle. <clears throat> well, I have that. Diego is being dis- has been described from like the first chapter on through as being not like the other boys multiple times. He's not like the other vampires. He's different. It was like a yeah. constant refrain to the entire book. Yeah. It drove me crazy. Uh, I don't have the digital copy on me, but if I did, I'd go look it up and see how many times not like the other boys is in that book. Um well, the thing is, is it's because all the vampires are constantly competing with each other and backstabbing each other to look good for Riley 
And uh, because they all think, you know, I don't know what they're doing, but so and they're all like <laughs> screwing each other out of feeding and stuff. And so then Diego winds up getting, I think, a prostitute or something, but she's got really good, clean blood. And then he like shares it with her as if you had like a really good croissant you found in the garbage can. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was surprising that this prostitute didn't have drugs in her system. So her blood tasted clean. Yeah, and so um, so then he's nice to her. That's what makes him not like the other vampires because he's actually caring and sharing or whatever. Uh, so then at one point, I forget for what reason, he tries to give her a high five, and Bree does high five him tenuously, and then mm. like retreats back to get away from him in case he's trying to trick her into like beating her up or something. Uh, then later on, they decide that they're going to start the super secret ninja club to sneak yeah. around and find out if, you know, if Riley's lying to them. Yeah. So, like, we're going to start the secret... They literally say, we're going to be the super secret ninja club. And, like, yeah. So then they do a second high five, but then Diego interlaces his fingers into hers and holds her <laughs> hand. And then they have a tense love moment. I'm like, this is the cheesiest thing I've ever read. <laughs> I know. And Bree fell, like, deeply in love with Diego. And she knew him for, Within like, literally, like, like a, week. a day and a half or so. I don't think it was even a week. I think it was, like, a couple of days. <laughs> it, was like, it was, like, two days. Uh, then there's also Freaky Fred, who <laughs> is handsome, with blonde hair. Uh, he looks like he's roughly the age of a college student or something. They didn't give an age because, yeah. like, Bree is 15 and it's, Diego's 18. Yeah, it seems like most everyone in this coven is teenagers. But, yeah, Fred is, like, in his early 20s, it seems like. Yeah, and he has a special power, and that special power is to repel other people yeah, from him because they find him repulsive. He, he's the <laughs> skilled one in the coven, the one who they discovered has a skill, but his skill is revulsion. Yeah, just to make people re- like repulsed by his presence. Um, so then Bree has this habit of constantly hiding behind him uh, to keep the attention away from herself. Like with others, like I guess Raul and Christy are the two other vampires that they deal with a lot. Yeah. So she like literally hides behind him whenever there's conflict within the group. Um, or just when there isn't. And just so like she's a, using a normal, him. She just hangs out behind him just when she's sleeping or whatever. Just Oh, yeah. Just because like yeah, yeah. apparently he's, his like power of revulsion is so strong that other vampires just like can't even see him. Like they're so oh, repulsed by him that they literally can't see him. I, it's weird. I, oh. Yeah. I thought he just, like, smelled bad and stuff. Cause no, I saw they presented it at first, but it seems to be I know, it's like the most childish, like, <laughs> if, like, if a nine-year-old is like, ah, this guy, it turns out he's really handsome, but everyone thinks he's gross, and they call him Freaky Fred. I'm like, what the hell am I reading? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyways, she basically uses Freaky Fred just like Bella does uh, with, uh, what's his name, the wolf boy, Jacob. Yeah. So it's like the same freaking crutch that she has. You have a woman who's special, or a girl, or whatever, because she's 15. She's special. She uses one guy that really likes her uh, just for <laughs> protection and whatever, but she really likes this other guy that she'll do anything for. It's like the same method yeah. that she uses on everything she writes. It's just so yeah. dumb. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the second high five, that, that cracked me up. Uh, for the what the hell... I thought it was hilarious that they write down that they believe that the Cullens have gotten so soft that they keep a human around as a servant, which is supposed to be Bella. And I'm like, that's actually kind of hilarious. And, uh, but I was thinking it's actually more pathetic than that. Because <laughs> 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 it turns out they're all just so in love with her and she's so great <laughs> instead. Yeah. And, so it's, uh, and they used, when they were doing the cave scene where they were going to crawl out of the cave and whatever, uh, 
uh, what Bree refers to uh, Diego hiding in there as his hidey hole. Did you catch that? <laughs> no, I, I skipped over that, apparently. <laughs> I'm like, hidey hole? Seriously? <laughs> Would you recommend it, Ben? Um, No. It doesn't <laughs> slap, that's for sure. No, it's slapless. Uh, I wrote down as the only is the only book of the Twilight series you would ever read if you had to, then sure. Like, if, if you're forced at gunpoint to read a Twilight book, I'd be like, read that one, it's less painful. It's by far the shortest, so it's got that going for it. Heidi Hole, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Heidi Hole. In a book that we read, a book by a well-known author has Heidi Hole in it without trying to be funny. And skills with three Zs. <laughs> God help us. Our country is literally burning to the ground. <laughs> we had to read Brie Tanner. <laughs> well, Ben, uh, let's have you read uh, a selection from our book. I've got nothing for you. This book lends itself to nothing. I, there's, I, <laughs> there's nothing to read here. I was, as I was reading Not- it, I was trying to keep in mind a passage that I could read for my segment, but there's nothing. Not I, one redeeming line in the book. Nothing. No, no, nothing. There's no, no entertainment. Uh, nothing I can. Uh, uh, no, there's nothing. I was gonna say like maybe one of the fights, like the the one, the only fight scene, but even that was just dumb. So no, yeah. you're right. Okay, well I guess this week we're skipping it. Yeah, it was dumb because the fight scene, uh, Bree Tanner. The person from whom this novella is—it's uh, told from her perspective. Like, she had her eyes closed for the whole fight scene. She didn't see anything. There's nothing. Nothing happened. All right, fine. Uh, so Ben. <laughs> You got any books that you want to read for the next time? Um, I so I've got the the book of dust thing. The next from Philip Pullman. That's on my shelf. Is that what we're doing next? Other than that, I don't have anything on hand. So in two weeks, we'll read uh, the book of dust, La Belle, Volume One, La Belle Sauvage, and we'll do uh, Part One of that book, Book of Dust, Volume One. All right, by Philip Pullman. Yes. The well, award-winning okay. author of His Dark Materials. Oh, well, there you go. Number one international bestseller. Okay, are you done? A stunning achievement, according to the New York Times. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I love is that um, for Leaves of Glen, I always have my romance corner uh, where I read about upcoming romance books. And every single author, it's their first book that they've ever published, and it's not coming out yet. It's like coming soon, like next month, they're already a New York Times bestselling author. Huh. Even though they haven't published, published anything yet. So, like, you could write a book and I guess if you slip them $200, you could become a New York Times bestselling author. I don't know how this works. So, according to yeah, not Slate, well, <clears throat> according to Slate, people will love the first volume of Philip Holman's new trilogy with the same helpless vehemence that stole over them when The Golden Compass came out. Huh? What's that? <laughs> huh? Ah, God, it sounds cheesy. The books are okay, but oh, I hate recommendations and <laughs> promotional stuff. Well, all right. 
uh, with that, you got anything else you want to say, Ben? What, what do you no. think is going to happen next week? The peaceful transition <laughs> of power. I'm thinking, um, I'm thinking more riot attempts that are easily quelled by the National Guard, uh, which is only going to embolden them more. I think this time they might actually wear masks only to cover their face so they stop getting arrested afterwards from all the like selfies and footage. <laughs> well, is it so? Uh, inauguration day is that Tuesday or Wednesday? Wednesday. Yeah. So Trump has said he's he, he's not going to the inauguration, and yeah, I think Biden's fine with that. Even though it's the first time in like 150 years that the sitting president hasn't gone to his successor's inauguration. Yeah, and what was the reason for that last one? Was that because he died or something? I, I don't I know. I thought there was like a technical reason, not like a spite <laughs> reason why the successor didn't go. Uh, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I have to imagine it wasn't because of spite, because we haven't had a childish president like this ever. So, <laughs> uh, But anyway, so he's he's announced that he's going to leave the White House in the morning and go to Mar-a-Lago, I think, right? So. I, Guess, I'm yeah. assuming he's just going to have his own like press event. He's gonna, just going to try to have a competing media oh. event at the same time that Biden's getting inaugurated, right? Isn't that what's going to be happening? So no, well, I don't know about that. He might try and pull that off. So you might be right about that. But I do not. I do know that before the inauguration, he is getting like a an exiting ceremony that I guess all presidents oh. get. <laughs> yeah, but he's making a bunch of debate. He wants like a red carpet and a 21 gun salute. Yes, he does. I read that a red fucking carpet. <laughs> <laughs> so tacky. I mean, it's, it shouldn't be surprising. This is a guy that literally, and I'm not exaggerating, has golden toilets in mm. his Trump Tower apartment that he has or whatever. That's the, the, the level of what this person thinks classy is. Yeah, he's just so tacky. It's like a Ugh. poor person's idea of how rich people live is how he lives. And so, of course, there's got to be a red carpet for no freaking reason and a 21-gun salute because he's presidential. How's your mom doing during the downfall of our government? Yeah, she seems to be fine. No, all right. Well, thanks for listening. We'll <laughs> tune in next. <laughs> and that's it. Oh, we're done. Look at that. All right. I wonder what America's <laughs> going to look like the next time we record. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because before New Year's, I never would have thought there would actually be a coup attempt on our nation's No, it's so depressing. <laughs> If you liked what you heard on this episode of The Book Boys, how about you check out the website? Go over to nuzzlehouse.com. There you can see all of the previous episodes of The Book Boys, as well as Glenn's other project, Leaves of Glenn. Also there, there's a link to our affiliate shop at bookshop.org. bookshop.org slash shop slash nuzzlehouse. Bookshop.org is on a mission to financially support independent booksellers. Also... Find us and follow us on social media. We're on Twitter and Insta. Now, careful, this one's a little backwards. We're there at House Nuzzle. Not Nuzzle House. That's House Nuzzle on Twitter and Instagram. Go ahead and slide into our DMs if you have any praise or suggestions or complaints. We'll take anything. Please, just pay attention to us and interact with us. Thank you for listening.